spidey senses tingling. Hello. Hello, Slim. Paper keg number three. I don't know about this. Uh, listeners, this is the first episode where I will not have the microphone in my mouth. <laughs> I, I don't know. This is frightening for well, me. First of all, we'd like to thank uh, Jonesy for showing up. Late addition to the show <laughs> at Dale underscore A had to pull out. And yeah, Jonesy's pinch hitting right now for episode three. And four. Yeah. Maybe. Whenever we record yeah. that. I'll be around. Who knows? I'll be around. Oh, I forgot to send uh, Farrington the emails here. Uh, we can get into that later, you know? Let's do Live it. Live on the show. So this is the Paper Keg podcast um, where we talk comics. You know? Don't we have a catchphrase, Farrington? Do you remember what it is? Uh, I guess at this point, without Dale underscore A, it's yeah. going to be three guys in comics. Your moves, ladies. <laughs> That's right. We're recording from Farrington Castle, as he likes to call it, right? Stately Farrington Manor. It's a pleasure to have you both. Uh, It's it's my honor to be here. So, you know, the book club uh, that we'll talk about this week, Sleeper, Volume 1. Ridiculous story about that, by the way. Four months (laughs) when we were still on the comics podcast, Uh I lobbied for Sleeper, Volume 1. You know what I got? No, no, Jonesy, come on now. We haven't read uh, The Authority yet. Let's go read that. I don't remember Then J.M. Stump is like, that either. Sleeper, bros. And Zim's like, yeah, Sleeper, never heard of it before. Let's read it. <laughs> did he do that jig, too? Yeah, the thing I just oh, did. Was that me? That nobody jig? could see. Know. You know. Big show, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, Dale underscore is he's off on assignment right now. We can't talk about it. I don't know what assignment it is, but he's out there. When we make it up, you'll be the first to find out. Uh, so, so at the beginning of the show... We go through the news. Um, you know, we cover some news on our website, which is which is flying by redesigned on the dot com paper dot com. I like the new redesign, by the way. You for do? the record, yeah. What's that URL again? Uh, you wouldn't know because you haven't really written anything for it yet. Am I right? I, I have been out of town. <laughs> the job, the nine to five job, is having me a little busy. Articles to follow. We've heard a lot of talk from Farrington on his articles. For paperkeg.com, nothing yet. This is going to be the shortest show ever. Get out of my damn house. <laughs> Both of y'all. Uh, let's get into the news right now. Let me pull up my news. Uh, we didn't have a show uh, live last week. Fear itself. It's happened. It's out there. I read. Yeah? I saw. What would you think? Uh, I was... There's, there's the uh... sigh. That, that's the record. <laughs> Three minutes, 15 seconds for Gen Z's sigh into the show. Well... It it was just a little bit too Thor-y. I agree. Me. I'm not a big fan of Thor. I mean, it just, um, uh, with all the build-up for Fear itself, and that the villain is the other All-Father, like, mm-hmm. if you didn't follow Thor and know that Odin was called the All-Father to begin with, like, you'd be like, totally, absolutely lost yeah. as to what you're reading. Yeah, compared to Civil War when it was, you know, Captain America versus Iron Man right? for the majority of the series. That's pretty cool to the non-reader. I'm like, yeah, I want to read that. Then you got Fear Itself. Oh, there's another All-Father to Thor and Asgard. Lame. <laughs> Pass. What else was good about it? The big Nothing. reveal at the end, the thing that was supposed to be the emotional buildup, was the gods leave. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But haven't they left? Oh, good. They've like left several 40 times, times before. I, I Asgard, me personally, is probably one of the most boring topics in Marvel. From what I understand, this is how every Thor event goes. Oh, this is Ragnarok. This is the end of the world. The gods are broken. Oh, my God. The gods are reborn. Oh, my God. Asgard's reborn. Oh, my God. Loki's back. And then there's another Ragnarok. Oh, my God. What do we do? We leave. We come back. We leave. It's really like, why? That, that's... Why aren't you writing for Marvel right now? Uh, because they don't like creator-owned comics. <laughs> <laughs> As, uh, except for their icon line. I don't even know what you're talking about exactly. right now. <laughs> well, the best part about Fear Itself is that since we all didn't like the first issue, we've got all summer to look forward to 15 to 20 tie-ins oh, a month. God. Yeah. It's going to be great. So many tie-ins. The Homefront was one of the tie-ins already. That's like a series, five-issue series or something that started. Every title pretty much has a, a one-shot or a three-issue miniseries called, you know, title Fear Itself. And then for those characters not cool enough for that, they've also got their own title tying into it. 
again. It's going to be a long summer, guys. I don't think it's, it's, gonna be a long it's not as good as uh, Civil War. I wouldn't even say it's as good as Secret Invasion to or, me. No, or I Siege. actually like Secret Invasion. I actually didn't even read Siege. Really? Newsflash. Exclusive. Didn't even read it. Wow. Because it had to do with Asgard. Oh, okay. yeah, don't even want anything Guess to do what with happened. that. The gods had Ragnarok, and then they left. <laughs> they left. And then Asgard they came got back. destroyed <laughs> again. Troubling is what it is. I can't imagine what the insurance premiums are in Asgard. It's got to be through the roof. Yeah, I'm actually reviewing the home front later on when we get to the book reviews. Whoa. Though. Wasn't that bad? Whoa. That's scandalous right there. I, might, I might throw you out of your own house. You won't. For that. Uh, Mark Miller, your friend. I don't think it's Millar. It is pronounced Millar. Think, who, where did you see it's pronounced Millar? On Newsarama. I actually heard him. He said his own name, and he said it was Millar. On the he internet. said, hi, I'm Mark Millar. How much you want to bet? Done. You didn't even bet anything. Yeah. What is, <laughs> I'm, not even sure, I'm not even sure what just happened. Anyway. Mark M. had his own Comic-Con in, you know, whatever podunk Ireland country he's in. Where's Scotland, it? but whatever. <laughs> Um, a way to offend all our <laughs> Irish listeners and Scottish I'm listeners. I'm 50% Irish. Whatever just... podunk Eastern European <laughs> island nation that's not Eastern at all. He had his Kapow Con recently. His what? Kapow oh, Con. Sweet. Uh, if you're into that sort of thing, really small. Oh. Kind of like uh, it, it was. It looked like um, <laughs> Mocha. You ever see pictures of the Mocha convention? You know, it's kind of just a, a rectangular room with... Uh, tables on each end and then the center. It's kind of like most rooms rectangular. In general, you know, if you have a good architect, I guess. Um, so he announced several books. Kickass Two, Kickass. Yeah, is it called Kickass Two? Volume yet? Two, I guess. I think number two just came out. I haven't read it yet. I have no desire. Saw to. the movie. Movie was good. It was good. Yeah. Is this gonna be an ongoing? Uh, no, I'm sorry. Well, Kickass Two is is on now with J.R. J.R. But there's a Hit Girl miniseries coming ah. out. The bitch is back. Quote. On the cover. I thought she might have been the most compelling part of that movie. Well, what about the book? Did you like her in the book? Never read it. <laughs> <laughs> he said that with pride. This Never happening. read what it. What is happening right now? <laughs> I don't understand how you couldn't have read Kick-Ass. I'll be honest with you right now. Maybe um, I should borrow it from you. Maybe maybe I'll give you the floppies. Please you know? do. Give the, slap you in the face with them while I'm at it. I'm going to side with that Jonesy Lips beer, having never seen the movie or read the book either. What is At least I read right the now? movie. Oh, just at the least show. I read the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's a Hit Girl miniseries coming out. He's going to team with Frank Quietly. Oh, wow. Uh, at a 12-issue super miniseries at Image. Not at Icon, at Marvel, at Image. A lot of people were really? curious about that. They think, Quiet, they think Quietly didn't want to ruffle any feathers over at DC because that's where he's at right now. So See, I think they should get rid of that old exclusive writing art thing that going on between mm -hmm. the big two. Mm -hmm. Apparently, creators love it, though. Well, they got the, the guaranteed cash. And the benefits that come with it, too. Yeah, ladies. Yeah. You right. think they got an HMO over in D.C.? We can only ask. I mean, they got to, right? We, we can, can only, only ask. ask. I'll, I'll write them a letter if we have to. Next time I talk to G off, I'll see what he tells me. <laughs> yeah, next time you ask a question at a convention. Uh, I'm a war veteran, uh, actually, that would be and pretty... I just love all your comics. Hey, do you guys have Aetna or... Uh... That'd be a pretty hilarious convention question. Well... Once you follow a war, an Iraqi war veteran who is begging Jeff Johns for an autograph, and the guy gets a standing ovation, he's invited to have his book signed on stage. What question is good enough to follow that? Super Crooks, another Mark Miller R book announced with. Uh, I'm going to say Miller from now Mark, on. Mark, I think Mark M is a safe bet. Uh, the artist for this series, Lian Yu. The, art, the current artist on uh, Superior and Ultimate Avengers versus the Ultimates, the new Ultimates, Ultimate Universe, Death of Spider-Man. Uh, the storyline for that is these super crooks get tired of the superheroes in the States. They go to Europe. There's no superheroes in Europe. Why are there no superheroes in Europe? I they got know. Captain Britain. We got to redefine well, out. thank God Mark Millar will have some Scottish superheroes or Irish, as Slim <laughs> would say. They go and stop them. Go to some podunk European town where there's no superheroes. Some podunk European town called Ireland. <laughs> uh, so that's that's coming down the line. He also talked about uh, he was going to be doing a book with Mr. Gibbons of Watchmen. Oh, fame. yeah, yeah. 
Sweet. Nothing nothing announced yet. Sweet. He didn't actually even announce the Quietly book because they, they're working with some copyright uh, stuff. Knowing Mark M., then, if it's not officially announced, there's a good chance it's not happening. That is possible. He now, does hype stuff occasionally. Isn't throwing your own convention a wee bit self-promotional and indulgent? It is, but I don't even think that whatever area he did it in has conventions. Even ah. Or if they do, they're pretty crappy. You know, Scotland isn't like still like a Braveheart. They're not like thatched roof houses I'm not, and a dark I'm not, road. I can't confirm what you just said, but I'm going to disagree with you right now. <laughs> Guys, we can settle this the civilized way. We'll just go to Wikipedia. Um, let's Whatever move into. We know this. Let's see what else do we have here. Breaking news, right now, live yeah, on the show. This just broke. This just broke. It just came into the wire. And go. <laughs> Term- came into the wire. <laughs> came into the wire. <laughs> Terminator and RoboCop miniseries coming up. Your thoughts? That is the most amazing thing I've ever heard mm-hmm. since the combination of peanut butter and jelly. In fact, when we discussed this breaking news earlier, I think I laughed immediately. <laughs> we you, laughed. What are you uh, talking about? I, it just came into the wire. You don't know, no, no. As I was driving over here, I was uh, humming the RoboCop theme song to myself. For no da, 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 da. <laughs> Theme song master, Jonesy. Let's all reference the uh, the episode where I did the Flash theme song. I, I don't know right. what episode that was. Yeah, episode that out of number awesome. I mm. don't agree that that's the number, but I'll just go with it. We don't even use a numbering um, system. Rob Williams, the writer of the new Ghost Rider series, will be writing this arc. Uh, also of 2000 AD fame. Who's you know, publishing that's this That's popular series? in the Euro. Probably Dynamite. Yeah, it sounds like something they would do. They'd do whatever they can get their hands on. You yeah. know? They have a terrible logo. I hate the Dynamite logo. I've never met like somebody. I like the Boom Studios logo. Which one is that? It's too boomy. <laughs> You'd rather it be the complete opposite of boom? Yeah, maybe, maybe just, like a, just period. like a field, you know, with like <laughs> the letters of boom just you know, floating in the sky like clouds. Um, let's see if we can get in maybe one nugget of news. Dark Horse Comics laid off a healthy portion of their staff this week. Now, Slim, well, remind me what comics they publish over at Dark Horse. Uh, Hellboy. Uh, they did all the Star Wars comics. Hellboy. BPRD, Hellboy. <laughs> uh, no, what else? They did Aliens. The, what was the book that I really liked? Um, the, uh, the offshoot of Hellboy, the Vampire Hunter. What was that book called? I don't know. You're... Baltimore. Oh, yeah, the slave ships or yeah, whatever Baltimore, it's the plague of the, the slave ships, sh- the yeah, plague something ships, something like that. Uh, that was yeah, really good. That was really good. I was eager for that for their app to come was out. That Mark Wade? No, no. Michael, I think Michael Golden. Might no. have written that. Maybe. No, it was a bigger name than that. There's no bigger than Michael Golden. Maybe Leanna Liu. <laughs> uh, Sounds like you're doing Sylvester Stallone <laughs> when you do that. Aim uh, Lua. The, 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 their app is having some troubles. You know, that was supposed to come out in January. Yeah. It was supposed to be different than Apple. It was supposed to be like the Kindle app. You know, you buy in the web and then it transfers into the app. Uh, I guess they laid off their marketing staff, so now they're they're making people sign up for their newsletter. And then if you get more people to sign up for the newsletter, you get free comics, et cetera, et cetera. So they're announcing the release date of the app on 420. So they announced a date when they would announce the release date. They don't know what the hell they're doing over there. Yeah, that's just scream success. I think we talked about this many, many moons ago, and we suggested that you would uh, become the... Digital director of Dark I did Horse. suggest myself to become a digital director of Dark Horse, probably at Marvel and DC at various times. Uh, I think I even went in, if I remember the conversation correctly, saying that it's irresponsible towards the shareholders to just get rid of your traditional marketing department and be like, viral marketing will get us through this. <laughs> because we all know that viral marketing campaigns automatically means money. It equals cash. We know that much. Uh, should we get into the, the books that we read separately? Yeah. Unassumingly. Why not? Who wants to start it off here? I will. It's Farrington Castle. All right. I'm just saying. I like that. As the Robin to his Farrington. (laughs) Mark Farrington, what did you read this week? What did I read? I read Batman Beyond number four. Whoa. Yeah. Loved it. I didn't even know the series was still Fresh off the uh, crossover with the Justice League. This is correct. Wrapping up the... uh... 
you know what? Maybe it's because I'm a fan of the show. Maybe it's I'm a bat guy, but this is quickly becoming one of my favorite books. I'm mm-hmm. loving it. In this issue, it's kind of told through the eyes of, for everybody who used to watch the show, Terry McGinnis's best friend and fellow classmate, Maxine Gibson. Max, she was good people. Uh, she was great people. She sounds like Had that people. almost fling with a robot Zeta. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Is that legal? Not in, you know, kids' cartoons, but I knew it was happening. <laughs> you read between the lines? Uh-huh. <laughs> wow, I got to go rewatch those lines. Yeah. Um, What did I like about this? I liked it because, well, it's telling what it's like to be Batman's friend, to be a friend of a superhero as he's going through whatever kind of drama that he's going through. And towards the middle and end of the book, Max is contacted by a mysterious villain who I'm sure is going to become one of the major rogues for Batman. Now, the B-plot that they're still resolving from the first three issues is Dick Grayson has been outed as Nightwing in the media. And Terry McGinnis is running around trying to, dressed as Nightwing, the classic black and blue that we know, trying to convince the world that he's not. And in an unexpected plot twist, can I get a spoiler alert, Whisper? Spoilers. Thanks, Jonesy. (laughs) In an unexpected plot twist at the end, Nightwing comes out to the media and says, yeah, I was Nightwing. I'm Dick Grayson, and I used to be Nightwing. Aside from loving the characters, aside from loving the Bat mythos, I love it because what Adam Beechin has the ability to do is he's throwing out all these little nuggets of continuity that are going on right now in the current Bat history books. So he throws a Batman Incorporated reference out. He mentions the Titans, and Hmm. he mentions other things that, well, at that point is going to be Bat history. But to us in the present day, we're watching the story unfold. It's a nice little twisting. Now, would you say that Maxine will eventually become the Batgirl, Terry McGinnis' Batman? You know what? They keep dancing around her saying, I'm not going to do it. I help out Batman, but I don't do it wearing a cape and short shorts. I mean, probably their version of Oracle, perhaps. I could see that role. Bruce himself kind of fills that role currently. Yeah. Yeah, but it's nice to give him somebody who's like an equal level as opposed to having the mentor-mentee relationship. I don't know. I don't know. I I mean... Sigh. Jonesy's No, almost. (laughs) (laughs) Drink. Uh, No, I just, I love Batman Beyond and the original series because, you know, Bruce Timm basically threw in an Easter egg every episode for someone who was a fan of the original animated series, like... We say it all the time, like Hamilton Hill High School. Right. And all those, like, those little nods to the fans. And that's the fact that they continue that in the ongoing comic is something I enjoy also. Oh, it's one of the most fun parts about it. You don't have to be, you don't have to know everything about that history to enjoy the book. But you should. Eh, well, keep listening. I'm sure we'll keep you updated. I hope so. It's our job. Eh, it's what we do. It's what we do. Paper keg people, employees, incorporated. And we drink beer. Constantly. Hence where the keg comes from. <laughs> Jonesy, what are you reading right now? Uh, le- this book, Dakin, Dark Wolf. Oh, no. Uh, this issue, of course, written by your favorite, Daniel Way. Probably my least favorite white writer in comics right now. This issue um, has made me take Dakin off the pull list. Oh, no. Ooh, wow. I actually thought you took Dakin off the pull list the last time well, we talked. I gave it that second chance. You know, everything mm-hmm. deserves a, you know... A second chance run, even Daniel Way. I did enjoy his first run on Wolverine. How far in the run did you have to get before you started contemplating the second chance? Uh, let's see. This is the eighth issue. I so with issue six, I was I was like issue six was kind of weak. Then seven contradicted everything that happened in the first six issues. So I gave <laughs> yeah I gave issue eight. <laughs> Sorry. A shot, and now no longer the case. Why are you giggling over I read there? one That's of the like... emails that had just come in for the show. <laughs> we'll get into that later. Right. Uh. So, brief synopsis. Dakin has run into uh, X-23, 24? Yeah, X-23. Wolverine's genetic daughter. Yeah, because he needs one of those. A son, a daughter, a clone, whatever. But um, the issue is basically just a triple cross between um, Dakin the Gambit X-23 pair-up that's going on. And uh, I, I guess it's going out of its way to be confusing for readers because I have read the previous seven issues and have zero idea what's going on during mm. this issue. Have you been reading the previous recaps? 
I don't do that. I don't, re- I don't read recaps. <laughs> what, what was the one book we talked about you just jumped in and you were completely lost? <laughs> the Return of Bruce Wayne issue <laughs> five. The worst possible book to jump in late. Oh, I loved it. Uh, and I was going to have like, oh, it seems really interesting. Like, what is he doing, jumping through time? <laughs> yeah, for four issues now. <laughs> oh, Lord. So, yeah, uh, Dakin, number eight. Sorry, you're you're off the pull list. Uh, that's a shame. That is a that is a darn shame. You gave it a healthy shot. I did. I like Dakin. Pheromone powers. I wasn't supposed to pop his claws all the time. Yet here I am looking at the cover. Guess what's popped? Claws. Fordham. It's Look un- at him. It's unfortunate. Was he still having that kind of pseudo flirting thing with men like he was doing with Johnny Storm before yeah, he, he died? He did it with Gambit in this issue. Really? Oh. Well, he didn't do it with him. He fl- he flirted. <laughs> he flirted with Gambit. Did did Gambit like fall under his spell and flirt back? Or no, was, like... I mean I don't think anybody at Marvel will let that happen. Their spells had to yeah. counter each other because Gambit's been getting gross since the X Men cartoon. Yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah. He was like been... there was this weird panel where Dakin like rubs his like head like a cat would do against your leg but does it to like Gambit's face and you're like they're gonna make out yeah they're gonna they're gonna make out I'm gonna smash my comic book and I am gonna leave I know you can't smash paper but I will find a way to make that I will happen. I will turn this to glass and then smash it and then walk out of my home and never go back non so, let's let's move into some non big two books please right now image comics love them non player oh I want really? to review this one. Yeah. yeah, this is on my list. Mm-hmm. It just blew your mind. A little bit, a little bit. Keep going. Mark Farrington. I could spend an hour talking about just this issue. Non-player is a book that starts out, um, I guess, what's the short version of describing non-player? This is, this is a fantasy world. It's set in kind of like real time, but technology is at a point where you can use life skins to alter the world around you so that you're playing in... A video game of your choosing, like like World of Warcraft, like you can become right. a character and everything around you. That was the the end of the issue. They revealed that the beginning. The best part is that first three pages, where you think this is a the comic book fantasy. Yeah, the couple elves in the trees and yeah, watching something. Like yeah, that. there's Go like ahead. full dialogue from characters where you're you're almost in a kind of pseudo Lord of the Rings type book. Where you're like, oh, what the hell is this? And then they show these two young characters that are, you know, trying to assassinate the character that you saw in the intro of the book. Um, one of them dies, but they they're they're talking to each other like, we'll see you, you know, after you die or whatever. So you kind of get an inkling, like, oh, well, are they in like some oh, yeah. kind of or could training you, simulation? I couldn't or... wake up the twins in Korea or something like right, that. Right. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. So after they die, they they meet each other in this kind of meeting rec room. Uh, which is still kind of a fantasy-ish setting. So I was like, oh, so I guess this takes place in a fantasy world where they can jump into their own fantasy world. And then after that, she wakes up and she's in her home in her bedroom where she's got this earpiece that, that like takes her into a video game fantasy world with other players across the world. And she kind of lives this regular life. You know, Her mom wakes her up. She's trying to clean her room. And then at the end of the issue, she turns on a life skin where she's driving on her motorbike, great two-page panel, and then on the other side, it's like this lush fantasy world where she's back into character, and it was re- it's really cool. The, the only thing that I was bummed about is it's you know it's completely creator and the guy just did everything himself. And I read in interviews where he said the second issue is still a couple months off. Uh, see, thus killing his own buzz before it can even he, really get started. I, I guess we were all ignorant to the buzz before because I think Warren Ellis was posting stuff on his site about non-player when he was making it, but. I don't know. I, I still, I hate when there's such a delay between books. No, that's gonna bug me because did you read it? F. Harrington says I did not, but I had actually read a couple of interviews and I was thinking about getting into it. Um, was this a single issue story or was this like it's no, the they, intro to the universe that you'll be getting into? Okay, but they definitely plant the seeds. I mean, like uh, one thing I thought was intriguing and I actually had to reread to get is the person they're trying to assassinate. Remember the bald guy in robes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he, you see his thoughts through most of it, and this guy is believes he is real, and he's making plots in the kingdom he lives in, and then I don't know if he notices that how they disappear or how they fight, but um, the one elf comments to the other, you know, you really don't see that kind of behavior from these types of characters. Something's not right. Yeah, and the chick, I think, when 
she disappeared completely. Like they even mentioned, there's no animation with her. She just disappeared. Is that a bug or something? Right. And there, there's there's something I guess maybe alluding to there's something going on in the game that they play in something different. At least it sounds like a good fresh take. Absolutely, it does. completely I just, original. I wish it was monthly instead of whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Right. I I mean, he did like off the cuff. He said it was like a couple months off, which is a bummer, but. I guess that's what we have to do with cre- maybe, you know, uh, create our own books. Maybe JMS is right, and the future is uh, trades, one shot yeah. trades. Five years from <laughs> now, five five years from now, we probably won't remember when this book came out months apart because yeah. it'll just be collected, and we'll all just talk about it. It'll be one of those things where, like, oh yeah, I reread Superhuman, mm-hmm. yeah. like All Star Superman. Yeah. Nobody remembers when those books came out. You know, month month to month. I bought if it anything was late, issue. yeah, October two thousand four. <laughs> Everyone remembers the you know the trade or the absolute edition that they have on their mantle. They don't remember it being late or whatever. So, yeah, but the only problem with that is that makes the publishing companies have to really step up their game in terms of scheduling. Mm-hmm. Like if they can schedule it to the point where they have the Batman book come out in October, the Superman book come out in September, yeah. and so on and so forth. So those occasional delays, you're not feeling yeah. like you're sitting there. Batman Earth One was supposed to come out. What, last every year? Tuesday knows, for the last 19 months? They haven't said anything about that book. Mark yeah, Wolfman I've... and George Perez have had this Titans book called Games, which is supposed to be legendary since they wrote the definitive run on Titans. It's supposed to come out five years ago, and every year it's become that ongoing joke of, no, it's coming out this year. That no, sucks. it's coming out this year. Yeah, what's that? Guns and Roses? Chinese, Chinese, Chinese democracy. democracy. Yeah. That's what I, I, I compared that to the, to the digital Dark Horse app. <laughs> it's the same thing. Daredevil, Bullseye, the Target, too? You know, when that came out, I remember when it was, well, after it was way late, Kevin Smith, before I hated him, he mentioned that he had gotten an artist to do issue two, I guess it was, and it was Adam Kubert, and he showed pages that Kubert had completed of issue two, and then that never came out. You can Google Adam Kubert bullseye, and they'll see the the pages. It's pretty cool. I'm shaking my head right now. I'm sure they look good in typical Kubert style. Uh, Greatest artist of all time. Let's talk about it. Mark Farrington. Let's see, we going big two or non-big two? Uh, whatever you want. Whatever is in, floating your boat right now. Actually, I got to ask. Did you ever read those Darkwing Duck issues I lent no. you? No. You know what I did read is I read the issues that you lent me of Superman for Tomorrow. Ah, uh, okay. And I almost burned them after you gave them to me. I would not have cared if you did. Uh, I value uh, the Darkwing Ducks more than those. Mr. Azzarello and Lee just... Uh, Lee knocked it out of the park. He always does. That was his follow-up to the, his Batman right, run. Right. He Hush, hopped yeah. into that, and ugh, God, what an odd book. I don't want to hear Superman talk to a priest for an issue. You know, I don't know if someone could pull that off, but Azrael just couldn't Azarello. pull it off for me. No, Look, I mean, what's there's... Going? Who could pull that off? Talking uh, to a priest? Mark Wade. <laughs> yes. Geoff Johns. I said it. Five years ago, I would say Bendis, but not anymore. Bendis could pull that off. Uh, yeah, but it would know. be nine issues. Yeah, that's true. Maybe uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's just getting it's depressing me now. Just thinking about that book. Sorry, moving. I on even now read. I read like five issues of Chris it. Claremont. Chris Back Claremont. Nineteen eighty-six. Then it'd be a twenty-four off. issue story. <laughs> yeah, but you would be profoundly moved after it ended. If uh-huh. I could make it through the word bubbles. You just cool out right now, friend. Can I talk about my book now? Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, I talk about my book. Sorry to have this <laughs> podcast where we have comments. Uh, right. you know, we'll keep it to ourselves. <laughs> Save it for the show. Ultimate Captain America number four. Uh-huh. I enjoyed it. This is continuing the origin story of Ultimate Cap as he's going against the ultimate version of Nuke. Um, this is pretty much the fight scene. As we've seen, Nuke has had one up on Cap the first three issues. The book opens with Cap with a gun to his head getting ready to be killed by Nuke, metaphorically speaking, right. gun to his head. And we see Cap escape and just beat the living hell out of Nuke. And in the end, you see that the ultimate version of Steve Rogers kind of has a soft spot in him after all. Hmm. I think the last panel is him laying by or sitting by Nuke bedside, and he's reading them the Bible. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Not sure how I feel about that. It was odd because you never see, you always see Captain America as this man of faith. Or no, other way around. You never see him as a man of faith. I'm He's trying to imagine. Trying to imagine, even though I harp on him, I'm trying to imagine Mark Miller writing Ultimates, Captain America. I'm trying to imagine Brian Hitch drawing Captain America reading a Bible to somebody. I don't know. Can't see. I don't see know if it works for me. Well, they use that to show just how far gone Steve Rogers was by the torture, because he's been in some tight spots before. He's looked like he was gonna 
he wasn't going to make it out of it. Mm-hmm. And right as he's sitting in the prison with Nuke standing outside getting ready to shoot him in the head, he's sitting there thinking to himself, he's got me. There's nothing I can do. I can't think of a way out of this one. And as he hears Nuke taunting him and he's up against the wall and he can't think of a way out, he starts praying. And in the middle of the prayer, I think at this point, it even occurs to him like, I can't believe I'm sitting here praying. Right. And then he gets out in typical cat fashion, bites the head off a snake to get out. Mm. It was intense. Hmm. It was. I thought, uh, I thought the way it was written was very snappy. It, like it was definitely the climax of like a, a feature film, right. the way it was paced. But I do like uh, the fact that as long as Ultimate Cap is confident and believes he's unbeatable, he is truly unbeatable. Who do you think would win, Ultimate Cap versus Regular Cap? Ultimate Cap. No. Ultimate I, Cap. I love Ultimate Cap from Mark Miller's Ultimates. Can't beat it with a stick. He took out Hank Pym in giant form, just and barely broke a sweat. I was impressed. He took down the Hulk with like three punches. Yeah, he did. And then he called Thor a hippie and then walked <laughs> off. <laughs> God, I, you could read those Ultimates volumes over and over again. I think Superhuman is probably the most reread trade that I own. Now, that is a book that would benefit from the JMS Earth One style of coming out completed. Because Brian Hitch's delays killed that. And you know what? I don't even like Brian Hitch's covers that he's doing for Marvel for whatever reason. They just don't appeal to me as much as his Ultimate stuff did. I don't know if it's character-wise or what, but he's doing the covers for The Best There Is, Wolverine, uh, the Captain America Man at a Time, I think he did. Yeah, but they just looked like he was rushed. Could be. He's Maybe he's getting into that Cassidy vibe. Yeah, well, you got to turn those pages God rest, out. God rest his soul, John Cassidy. Cassidy. You know John C. <laughs> He's still writing, right? Or uh, still drawing? Um, you could call whatever he's doing covers art. I personally wouldn't. Oh, okay. Um, so we're writing his epitaph now. I would just prefer to think of John Cassidy as Astonishing X-Men and Planetary covers. And yes. Remember how good Planetary was? Planetary we was did so that good. For the show, we, we did. We might have to just do it again. Let's do the whole run <laughs> at some do point. the whole book. Uh, Jonesy Loves Beer. Uh, Red Robin, issue 22. By Fabian Nikachiza. <laughs> <laughs> it might be Nizia. Nizia? I don't know. Nizia. Nizia. Nikachiza. Nacho cheese. Tony, we need to get on Nacho that phonetic please. website listed. Yeah. <laughs> Paperkeg.com. <laughs> Red Robin 22 is a uh, continuing story crossover with Batman and Robin about um, Azriel. And uh, I guess his Templar is his partner in the. Uh, Huge Christian secret society thing that Azrael is involved in. Is he in like now? one of those characters from uh, that book? What, the Jesus? When they thought Jesus. The, the, <laughs> you know that, that famous book? The, the book that was. Da Vinci a, Code? Turned, yeah, Da Vinci Code. Is he no, like one he, of them? He is not a Freemason, oh, uh, and that, he is not in the. Uh, that's the Order of Saint Dumas. Yes. That's what it's called. Thank you. I can't believe I remember DC that. DC historian. Oh, well, yeah, I remember this guy. Jesus. And it, uh, it involves that the Bat family is being tested. Uh, to see if Gotham is worth surviving, almost akin to the plot of Batman Begins. Nice. Where uh, Gotham is to be tested, and Red Robin steps up as the first member of the Bat family to be tested in order to save the city. So, you know, Red Robin is, as he is struggling to uh, get to the mayor. I'm looking at you, Farrington says. The mayor, yes, definitely the mayor. And uh, But at the same time, he's struggling with his own faith because... The Order of Saint Dumas believes themselves to be descended from Christ, so they believe in the you know the Catholic Bible and all this. So if you're not a believer, you're an automatic enemy of everything of creation. Hmm. So Tim goes through some memories of the death of his father, and as he's doing all these heroic deeds, kind of rehashing his life and asking himself. You know, does he believe? Is he a man of faith? Kind of like the Captain America issue we just talked about. At the end, he confronts Azrael and wins. And, uh, you know, you're judged worthy to to save everybody. And then um, Templar, who's the crazy person creating all this chaos, says, you can't judge him worthy. He's not one of the faithful. Mm. And, you know, Azrael, being the former Batman, goes, is that right? Or do you not believe? And Tim's like, yeah, pretty much. 
And then they're like, yo, he's no longer judged worthy, and then they're going to destroy Gotham City to be continued. And the last line is pretty pretty awesome. Tim just goes, should have lied. <laughs> Tim Drake. Yeah. I remember oh, Red Robin. I remember reading Nightfall. Wasn't that with Azrael as uh, Batman, and he kind of went nutty? Yep. He had the new suit. Yep. God, that suit was awesome. Designed right? by Joe Quesada, believe it or not. Had a bunch of I claws. Take it, I take it back. <laughs> it was an orange and blue and gray. No, it was blue. He kind of had like metal armor under his. I remember he had the full mask. Right, right, right. As I cover up the mic, as it I went, cover up my mouth. <laughs> it went through different iterations because, like, I remember when Bruce Wayne came back and they were fighting, and I, there was some sort of explosion. And after the explosion, Azrael's armor changed colors so from blue and purple to orange and red. Whoa! It was cool. Yeah, I remember that. Hmm. That's why I said orange. I remember Is that reading, why I said, said it? No. Is that why I said it? Uh-huh. God, I we remember reading sleeper. interviews by Denny O'Neill. He said that if Azrael had succeeded in popularity, he was going to quit the bat line. Denny O'Neill's been doing the Batman book since the 70s, and he was going to quit because he couldn't, in good conscience, work on an anti-hero book. What a puss, huh? Hey, he stuck to his guns. I respect that. He didn't see the future coming, huh? That was I think that was me. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Um... Turn is it? Was it my turn? It's all you. Maybe we should get into a uh, little sleeper right all now. Right. I'll, a I'll little down. sleeper. And go. The Finally. book club for Paper Keg 3, Sleeper, Volume 1. Not Season 1. First six issues we got into right now. Um, Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, the Sonny and Bono of comics. Wow. That's Art bold and statement. Garfunkel. Bold statement. Hall and Oates. You gonna name black people, or are you just gonna keep going? Regis and Kathy Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a famous black duo? You know, I probably should have thought of one before. NWA, two members of the NWA. (laughs) Salt and wait, wait, who sang uh, "Reunited"? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, sleeper. Way to backfire your own face. I'm accepting. Josie is so giddy with that one. He's Keep going, guys. I'm right. going to show you my Ike Turner impression. Keep it uh, up. Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. This book uh, is not on the Marvel icon line. Takes place. Look at you. You're still grinning, Jonesy, like an idiot. <laughs> uh, in the Wildstorm line. Very different from their other books. Takes place in the Wildstorm universe. You know the bleed? Remember yes. the bleed from Planetary? I hate authority. Yeah. Whose pick was that? That was your pick, right? Unfortunately. Um, so this follows the character Holden. Uh, undercover agent, also known as Conductor. He had a freak accident where, uh, with an alien artifact where he can't feel pain, but the pain that he does uh, gather in the, in the, like, over time and sometimes immediate pain, he can inflict on other people by touching them. So if he gets shot, he can't feel it, but if he grabs Mark Farrington because he hates him, he can make Mark feel that pain. What a amazing... Interesting and original power. Yeah. That is an incredibly original power. You don't, you don't see original stuff, really, in Marvel and DC anymore. the Brubaker. Brubaker. Creator-owned. I love that guy. Actually, was this book creator-owned, technically? I don't know. Uh, I think if it's under the Wildstorm banner, it can't be creator-owned. Um, somebody dropped me a wiki. Somebody, somebody fast wiki that. So so the main... the main uh, he's, he's working his way up the ranks of this evil organization, uh, and then it's revealed to you that even though they think he is a turncoat for the good guys, he's really, you know, deep undercover and that his contact is pretty much in a coma. The only guy that knows he's undercover is completely unavailable to him. So he has nobody on the outside that knows he's undercover. And um, the first six issues deal with him, you know, slowly working up the ranks to becoming kind of like a second-in-command or a prodigal, as they're called. Prodigal. You want to get the G in there, you know? Okay. Coven, <laughs> um, and I think what's the what's the what's the last arc? Oh, the last arc, um, last issue dealt with, you know, the only person that pretty much still remembers him is his ex-wife, and she had to be told that he went, you know, AWOL. She wasn't even in on it that he went undercover, but they meet again towards the end of the six-issue arc, and that sets up the rest of the uh, the rest of the season. Your thoughts on? Sleeper Mark Farrington, DC historian. You know what? It was a little darker than I'm usually reading, I'll be honest. Hmm. But having said that, 
it's a Brubaker crime book. It, you can't go wrong. Um, like you guys have mentioned time and time again, I thought his pain transparent power is incredibly original. Yeah. And I also liked how as you read and get to know this guy, there are so many layers to him that it just comes across. Like on the one hand, he's a good guy who has to do bad, but he finds he's a little disturbed how easy it is for him to do bad. Um, there's a great scene in issue number two where he's talking about his power and how he doesn't really feel things anymore and how it's him sitting there drinking at a bar and it's him talking about how he didn't realize how much of life is felt through sensations mm -hmm. and he's going on and on and as you're reading it it's like wow he's right that does suck and at the end of his monologue he goes but it bothers me how much this doesn't bother me yeah it, it was just very well written like i liked it yeah like he's he's a good guy but he's gotten so deep into the the corporation he's in and on top of his powers it's almost like he he really can't feel anything period emotionally or physically and it worries him which I thought was cool because there's one point in the series where he tries to reach out to somebody to say, hey, I'm in this organization and I need a contact on the outside to kind of help me out. And it was this uh, this young and upcoming superhero, and he ended up not believing him, and it didn't end well for that guy. He died. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. Jonesy, your thoughts on Sleeper? Uh, wow. The, this is the sign that, it's best. Here. That was a good sign, I think. <laughs> I hope. Would what you rather talk about Bendis' Daredevil? Well, I could, <laughs> for, but that's a podcast for another time. Okay, just checking. One of Ed Brubaker's talents is that he can take a hackney convention, which in this case is a you know a sleeper agent, who you know the only person who knows he's there is die. What was that? The Departed was the same way, um, kind of like the same concept. Yeah, he takes it and explodes it, adds superheroes, and it's like you've read that convention for the first time. It mm -hmm. is his writing style is amazing. Detective stories, like you said, are his niche, and this just is an augmentation of that. Second thing, Tao, I think, is one of the best villains that has come mm, come I around. Was, in I a was long a big time. fan of Tao. I believe the word is pronounced Dao. Dao. Yes. T A O. Look it up, guys. So is this the same website that, that we can find out, Mark Miller? <laughs> You know what? It's I can't. Far. I can't wait for the listeners to chime where, in on email where, what, and tell you guys I'm right. What it's video? Tal, what it's video online did you see someone refer to this character, audio-wise? Well, you see, I read, so I went to the dictionary. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I went to the dictionary. So you put this comic down. You put this comic down, and you're like, you know what? I want to learn how to pronounce that. Let me get my dictionary down I, the hall. I took Latin in high school. I learned. Oh, how to... Mr. Latin in high school. Look out. Save it offline. Let's take this <laughs> offline. I miss you, Dale. <laughs> uh, so now we can't even really pronounce this character without having to <laughs> do it. I'm going to call him Tao anyway. <laughs> Tao anyway so was T amazing. So TAO, the, the guy who runs the this criminal underworld. But you're right. There's There's an air of mystery to him. That is still there over six issues, and you still don't know. You have no idea what his backstory is. You just know that he's he's, some, he's super genius. He's he's cutthroat super genius, and he knows everything that you're doing, even though he doesn't let on and that he knows. And he's a hell of a master manipulator. He's got great anger too. And the best part is dreamy. all the characters are like, whenever they're having like an inner monologue, they always end with Tao probably knows exactly what I'm doing right <laughs> yeah. now. Like the scene, the the arc where um, Holden and his his buddy in, on the underground criminal organization genocide, uh, where he tries to cover up the genocide, you know, killed one of the second in command because he was you know having sex with kids and genocide couldn't take it anymore, and they go to TAO and tell him they try to cover up the murder and they make up a story, but. TAO just sees right through it. He he like even though they think that they, he bought it, he immediately sees through it and is impressed that Holden would make up such a lie just to cover for you know a teammate and just to have the balls to do it to him. And he was impressed by that to the point where he promotes him. I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, the that fact that cool. he thought you lie to me, knowing that I know, and that I'll probably kill you for it. I'm more <laughs> impressed by your moxie yeah. than I am your creativity. Mm -hmm. That was yeah. the other parts of the book that I think. They really only used it for the first. Actually, no, the superhero had it too. But the the Robin masks, uh, yeah, you know, the the the, the, the they oh, just the cover domino, up the domino eyes. Mask. Domino, domino mask. 
Those are so awesome. I love it when they <laughs> use that. <laughs> they, Holden had it that for the mission. That was a fanboy moment. It was. And his partner in the first mission, and then I think that superhero that he met up with had the domino masks. And that's such like such a, a criminal uses or not uh, incognito. He uses it in that book too, but it's like such an, a small touch that I just get such a kick out of in comics. I don't know what it is. It's it so out, silly. Slim. Like they're wearing like you know a leather jacket. Did you just say silly. Uh-huh. It's I love saying silly. Everyone say silly. Turtleneck, right? leather jacket, two forty five, and then domino mask. <laughs> <laughs> like it's the lamest, and that makes him a villain. Yeah, it's like the lamest burglar outfit, but <laughs> it, they, it works for them. What else is great about Tao? Uh, let me, let me um, check the notes here. One of the issues involved. Holden and his drop dead gorgeous partner, Miss Misery. Miss Misery. Wow. And her hard areolas. There. Ooh. Incredible. Well, I don't need to be in sleeper. There the was. There a, really was. I hope you're prepared. You know, Slim, you tweeted, uh, or Nimininity tweeted. Yeah. And every time she looks over, you're looking at nudity. That's the same thing that happened every time I read Sleeper. Yeah. Fatima Bailey would walk through the living room to the kitchen and be like, are you reading nudie comics? <laughs> like, no, no, just every time you walk by, I'm, you know, yeah. Miss yeah. Misery is naked and getting it the from ep- behind but from somebody. <laughs> the issue I was reading was when they were in, like, the bathroom stall. Oh, yeah. And she peeked over. She's like, what is going on with the books you read? I was like, hey, this is a coincidence. But the, the scene, uh, the one that was, like, really risque that even I was taken aback was when they when he went into his room and she was there. And uh, what was the line she said? She was like, she asked me if he was hard or something. Oh, yeah. Did it make your cock hard or something like that? <laughs> I remember that because that stood out to me, too. It's like, oh, my God. I'm going to cut that out of the show. <laughs> the, Don't. But that, Don't. That, that, that line was like, whoa, I'm reading a comic right now. That just that just happened. Remind uh, me of like that Spawn HBO series. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't expect half the stuff that happened in that show. It seemed like Brubaker was just having fun in this book. Like, I know it's kind of a one-off moment, but there was... Oh, it was. (laughs) Oh, there was a lot. Um, When they were on the island full of politicians and important people who really, quote-unquote, rule the world, and Miss Misery's telling uh, Holden about this island. He goes, yeah, I remember this one time that a reporter found out about it. So he managed to go there. Excuse me. He managed to go there, they captured him, they interrogated him, and then they let him go. Thinking, okay, short story. Turns out that in the course of a day, these people erased his identity. Yeah, and no one remembered him when he went back to his job and they kicked him out. Nobody remembered him at his job, and then, like, strangers moved into his house. They erased all his bank records. It just seemed like Brubaker was having a field day with some of this stuff. At first, I'll be honest, I didn't like the fact that they were going to an island where the people that controlled the world were there. I don't know. It felt like I'd read that before somewhere where it was just kind of like, <laughs> I don't know. A, a, was it planetary? Yeah. It just felt like a plot point that, I don't know, it was just like, yeah, people like secretly control the world and they're behind the elections and all that stuff. I feel like in It's movie, been done to death. Yeah, I feel like in movies or in books it's been done to death, but eventually it was kind of cool how they worked it out, You know how, how TAO was, was trying to rig it so that to his choosing – to his company's benefit. Well, I, I thought it was funny that, you know, this guy is supposed to be so young. Tal is supposed <laughs> to be in his 20s. Right. But, like, every one of these old evil people that run the world, like, come to him for advice. Yeah. And, like, ask him for favors. And he, like, plays them off of each other so well. Mm-hmm. I, I'm looking forward, and I, I think you you read ahead, Jones, and I'm looking forward to see the backstory of TAO. You're going to love the ending of Sleeper. With season one or two? Uh, all three. I read all three. There's three nice. seasons. Yes. I didn't realize. Wow. Is it ongoing or uh, did it end? They're they're all it, it ends. Well, Wildstorm's it's, done. It's so. Well, yeah, that's right. That's and right. then, um, but it's all available on Comicsology. Yeah, Comicsology.com. Check them out. Well, what else was great about Tao? Uh, I'm going through my notes right now. Here. He was the master manipulator, like we saw the way he rigged this whole council of important people. And I'm with you, Slim. I think that whole secret council who rules the world has been done to death. Mm-hmm. But I like how Brew Baker brought it down and made it real in the sense that when they're getting ready to leave, Holden's looking at Tao and goes, what, what'd you do? Yeah. Or, no, I'm sorry. He's talking to Miss Misery and goes, okay, if these people really rule the world, then how come the authority hasn't come in and crushed the hell out of them? Oh yeah. I remember that. She goes, that was cool. you got to understand they to the authority. These guys are as dangerous as, I don't know, British pop singers. 
they're so beneath their notice that we can they get away with anything. I'm looking through my notes and they completely don't make any sense. Issue four I have uh, was a great jumping on point, which was true for some of the series. You know, he explained kind of the scenario in the first page or two, and you could just pick up a book and kind of get what's going on. Uh, the second note I have is why don't you tell me? I don't know what that means. And then the next one is boobs. So, like, <laughs> so I guess Miss Misery, Miss Misery's areolas were probably a fully. They were a character. They were. Yeah, they, they deserve were. their own miniseries, I think. Um, so that's Sleeper. Great creative, book. Creative character origins. Everybody in there had yeah. a twisted story. I mean, at this point, Brubaker and and Phillips just they can do whatever they want. Yeah, knocked it out the park. Uh, we should do Criminal for one episode. Okay. We haven't done, I don't think sure. we did Criminal. But we have not done it yet. But I love Criminal, too. Anything creator-owned, Ed Brubaker, is gold. He has mm-hmm. the modest touch when it comes yeah, to Yeah, absolutely. Um, so next episode, we'll be talking about uh, the saga of the Swamp Thing. What a great read. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Episode four, the saga of the Swamp Thing. Mark, do you have some emails that you wanted to blow through? I would love to read some emails. Uh, you can, so you can just three. pick maybe three or four that are in your inbox. That'd Fair be super... Enough. Um, so everyone in the meantime, thanks for listening to Paper Keg. Paper No, we're not ending yet. <laughs> Jonesy thought that was his cue to do his spiel. But no, uh, you know, if you if you enjoy the show, review us on iTunes, yeah. In the meantime, while Mark gets these we emails have, uh, ready. Seven reviews and they're they're pretty pretty we, flattering. We have some some pretty great listeners, friends of the show. And uh just great stuff. Oh yeah, we're we're new and note noteworthy iTunes. Are we really? Arts podcasts. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. They, they recognize what's happening. I think I right might now. actually have to start writing for the the uh, for the website. Doc, yeah, that Gail Simone has read and thinks is fascinating. That's you that's a what? quote. I Shout out to Gail Simone. How great is that? that is a, I uh, want to do a written review of non-player. And throw her on there. I do think. it. I, we need some reviews on the site. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, here we go. All right, some letters. Here we go. This week's music letters. <laughs> this one's coming to us from a Jeff L. I heard you guys were going to be talking about God Loves, Man Kills this week. Well, I think we can all agree it's a landmark story in this X-Men franchise and also a timeless classic with a timeless message. Don't you think it's lost some of its impact because there are, like, tons more homos nowadays? Wow. Yeah. That is a risque email. You know what? I'm going to start censoring. <laughs> you should start proofreading this. I'm going to start this. censoring. <laughs> that was my fault, readers. You mean listeners? <laughs> well, no one's reading the site now after that email. <laughs> And go. Do I we don't think, even remember what the question was. I was so stunned. Do we think that God Love Man Kills has lost some of its impact? You know, let me just go out and say, Jeff L., this is the reason why people who read comics are always have a stigma. Because people like this J-Bag write and say, oh, but there's so many more homos That's now. true. I, Thank you for killing the medium with your immaturity. We did talk about God, Love, God Loves Man Kills in episode two. Mark did think that it lost some of its impact. Didn't he, didn't you say that though? You know what? I think one. I think if I said that or came across, it's not what I meant because, yeah, it definitely aged a bit. But flat out, bottom line, maybe it's the minority of me talking. If you know what it's like to be different, mm-hmm. you know what it's like to be picked on, you know what it's like to be prosecuted, you know what it's like to be the outcast. I mean persecuted. Thank you. What did he say? Prosecuted. prosecuted. You never no. know what to do as a youth. You might get prosecuted. Yeah. Yes. Well. Remnants of a misspent youth. So me personally, I don't think that it's uh, lost a little bit of its impact. Maybe we've gotten desensitized to some of the stuff. But That's absolutely probably true. No, I think absolutely uh, probably. I think it holds up. I think that whole scene with um, Stryker at the end of the arc, mm-hmm. where he is just going off the wall, and you can see the fanaticism in his followers. But then there's always that voice of reason. Even uh, Senator Kelly was like, "This is not right." I think that still holds up. I think yeah. a lot of people were willing to go with a a lame message, and then there's always those people that have a level head. And no, I think it still holds up. And uh, you know, I was, I, I'm, I was a big fan when I first read it. I'm still a big fan. Agreed. All right, Jonesy. I think this one's directed at you from Arnold S. Longtime fan here. Just had a quick question. Arnold S. What exactly is a paper keg? A barrel <laughs> of paper, or is this some insider's comic term that I don't know about? Also, can you wish my friend Nick a happy birthday on the show? <laughs> Shout out to Nick for a happy birthday. Jensi, what is a paper keg? Huh, let's see. Good sigh here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> As you think of something. <laughs> no, I think when we were coming up with 
Um, the name. name Paper Keg, we wanted to do a combination of things we liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, paper, because a lot, you know, a lot of people, you know, what we had paper jockeys. We had yeah, we came up with a couple. I never think of paper because comic books are made of paper. Yep. So we thought that was, you know, that's deep. Uh, it is very deep. And uh, keg, I think it was just like we like the ring of it. Yeah, it sounds great. Let's yeah, be honest. Paper yeah. keg. It's nothing to do with the fact that we never down two or three beers while recording. No. Actually, nothing. I'm surprised that I am sober right now. To be honest, I think our our listeners and their headphones. Thank you. For that. <laughs> got two more very quick ones. Absolutely. We have time. We got one from Sally talking about, I'm new to comics and would like some advice on a good jumping on point. I recently picked up Batman 500 to start because it seemed like a nice round number, but it's pretty confusing. <laughs> She's looking for some help here, fellas. I would say <laughs> screw the big two and start getting into some creator own books. Go pick up Irredeemable. Mm. Go pick up Incognito. Mm. The Walking Chill. Dead. Chill. Chill. Chew. Chew? <laughs> Non-player, if you want to wait a few months. The Walking Dead. Go read Powers. I the first couple volumes of Powers. We've talked about some great books that anybody can pick up and read. I think Why, Volume 1, is a good one. You don't need to know anything about the story yeah. to get into it. Mm-hmm. I would agree. And then Fables. Fables is a really interesting. You know, Fables is a good book to recommend to girls that are looking, that girls that have gotten into reading The Walking Dead. Like, I know yeah. several girls that... Dig the Walking Dead, um, Day Tripper, and are looking Day for awesome. books that they can read. You know, Why the Last Man is on that list, and I think Fables is a great one too. Did you already say non-player for her? That is yeah, a I great did. for young people and uh, women. I would say non-player. We, I might even want to wait till you know, like we said, the, the trade. I think most people, new people, get into comics via trades, and the the idea of single issues blows their mind. Can't believe I live Absolutely. in a world where yeah. JMS is right. Let <laughs> me get my fedora and get out of here. You know what, though? I like that Sally picked up Batman 500. We were just talking about Azrael and everything. So 500 was that a Batman Fugitive? No, that was um. What arc is that? That was Nightfall. Was that it? was right when. What an odd book to pick up. Yeah, really. What? Hey, I... it's a nice round number. But it is, yeah. it is nice and round. Hush Sally was in the 600s, right? No, Hush was 700 something. Was it? I don't know. I, yeah. I think it might no, be 600. high. No, 600. 600s. You're right. 608. But Sally, I'll tell you what. If you write back, let me know what you want or what kind of stuff you're into. Ooh, we'll put together well, a list. Comic wise. Comic wise. Comic wise. Hard cocks and right <laughs> back. And... This is a clean show. Hard C's, please. Hey, what Farrington says goes, okay? Uh, last email, and then we will end Paper Keg 3. This one's from Bert. All right. I'm wondering if Paper Keg, the podcast, could shed some light on when Neil Adams developed Alzheimer's. <laughs> I've had the pleasure of hearing him speak at different functions on a few occasions, and by pleasure, I mean it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And by pleasure, I mean it in the sense of how it is pleasurable to get into a car accident <laughs> for 40 minutes straight. <laughs> a real shame for comics, poor guy. <laughs> oh, I need to is, that the, is that the end of the email? That's the end All right. of the email. No, but seriously. Kind of like the five minutes of laughing we just did. Uh, uh, Neil Adams has devolved into some kind of, I don't know what. Uh, I ha- I have actually seen him speak, and it was, he, is, he has become very strange. Very strange. Like, uh, how strange? Is he talking, we, he invented the internet I, strange? Or? We went to uh, that, what was the awards at the Baltimore Con? The, was Eisner's. the Eisner's? And he was an accepting like some kind of Lifetime Achievement Award, and he went off about how, Motion comics are the future of the industry. How he did a Holocaust motion comics, and he went off about 15 minutes on the Holocaust, and it was just like, what is going on? And I mean, people have read Batman Odyssey. Something's not right. I haven't. <laughs> Something is not I right. Um, so God bless Neil Adams. We hope he gets better. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know what else to say after that. Uh, Jonesy. Thank you for listening to Paper Keg and Nerdcast Homebrew, sponsored by Mama Math's Homemade Chicken. Thank you, and I'm John Deagle's Beer. <laughs> what, I have a sponsor? Yeah, Mama Math's oh, I Chicken. Even, I wasn't even you listening. You don't even listen to me when I say wow. anything. Sorry. See ya. Thanks for listening. We'll uh, see you all next week. All right. Peace out. Vice word. Drink. <laughs>